Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of the Chase McAndrew Podcast. I'm your host, Chase McAndrew. And happy Halloween, because it's Halloween. I'm doing, I, I, I was going to do this last night. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to hold up till actually uh, October 31st, Halloween morning. And yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it on Halloween morning, and I am. But before I do that, really quickly... As you all know, I'm still in the middle of my bond uh, review, and I'm I'm I just left the Pierce Brosnan era, heading into the Daniel Craig era, the current era of Bond. Um, even though no, no time to die was pushed back until uh, 2021, I believe in April, May, something like that. I believe it was April. But anyway, here we go. The big news. Sean Connery passed away either this morning or last night at the age of 90. Yes. The best Bond. The, the first theatrical Bond. The one that pe- I think that most people say, yeah, that's my Bond. He's the reason why this, why this franchise moved on and, and is what it is. At least one of the main reasons. And yeah. R.I.P. Mr. Connery, you will be missed. We all miss you already. R.I.P. What a great actor. What a great man. You will you will be missed, my friend. All right, so let's get into Halloween Six. And and I wanted and and I I've said this before in my other October horror reviews for 2020. Two cuts of, of this movie. Two cuts. This movie has two cuts. This movie, <laughs> if you think that this movie is bad because it's bad, you don't know this franchise. This movie is bad for a few reasons. And to know those reasons, we actually have to go back to the ending of Halloween 4. So... In Halloween 4, which I, which I will review someday, at the end of Halloween 4, Jamie Lloyd, who is Laurie Strode's daughter, Laurie Strode is dead in this 4th, in, in, in this 4 through 6, 4, 4, 4, 5, and 6 timeline. After the events of Part 1 and Part of Halloween 1 and Halloween 2, because uh, they take place on, on the same night, even though Halloween 2 was a couple years after, was released a few years after. It's still Halloween 1978 um, in Halloween 2. It, 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 it takes place right after the direct sequel. So a few, so a few years after the events of Halloween, Halloween 2, uh, supposedly the character of Lois Road, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, got pregnant with a boyfriend or her husband or whatever, had had her daughter and then mysteriously died two or three years after that because her daughter's only like nine nine or ten years old when Halloween four picks up and Mike and Michael's been in been in a coma for a decade because it came out in nineteen eighty eight uh Halloween Halloween four that is so Michael's been been in a coma for a decade and he reawakens 
to kill his niece. So at the end of Holland 4, Jamie's foster sister and her and the cops defeat Michael Myers. They push him into this well or whatever it is. And he's presumed dead. Obviously, we know he's not dead because Halloween 5 came out. But at the end of Halloween 4, we have this great ending where we see this POV of a mask. You see this, this black screen, these little eye holes, and then we see Jamie Lloyd's foster mother get attacked. Or, or we, and then we assume that she's dead. So Dr. Loomis, foster, the foster dad, Jamie's foster sister, and a couple other cops, um, they get, they run up the stairs. Well, I, I should say Loomis runs, runs up the stairs first. And then he just starts freaking out. Starts yelling and backs up against the wall and shaking. Pulls his pistol, goes to shoot at whatever's right there. Then it cuts, and you see Jamie Lloyd in her in her, in her all in her clown Halloween costume with the bloody with with some bloody scissors and some blood on her costume. And then we realize that she now has. What Michael gave her because she holds Michael's hand at the end of Halloween 4 and that transferred the evil from Michael to her. But the producers of Halloween 4, even when they were shooting the movie, even before they even shot the movie, actually, they said, yeah, no, that's not going to be the, the, the ending. And why not? Have the fracking writer change the fracking ending of Halloween for mother frackers. Oh my God. This is the problem with the producers of Halloween 4, 5, and 6. They don't know what they're doing. They're so unprofessionally stupid. They just don't know what the hell they're doing. Oh, we're, oh we, we were not going to... We are, we're, we're not going to go with Jamie as the killer for Halloween 5. Then change the ending of the movie. Tell the writer to change the ending. And say, you know what? No, no, no. Instead, instead of just not not doing it in Halloween 5, not, I'm not continuing that storyline. We're just going to say that she's deaf and mute. And not, not deaf, but she's mute now. And she has this this thing where her and Michael can like see what each other's doing and Michael Cook can almost control her, and it's just, uh, Halloween 5, nothing happened in Halloween 5, there's no pace, there's no anything, the movie's boring as crap, horrible movie, the worst of the main franchise, besides the Realm Zombie films, the worst of the worst of the main franchise, oh my god, that movie is just, oh, that movie's so boring, so bad, so terrible, but, oh my god, you have this great ending of Halloween Four, and the idiot producers of Halloween Four say, "Oh no, we're not going. We're not going to go with that ending. We're not going to follow it. Change the freaking ending of Halloween Four, then you morons." That's why we get Halloween Five, and she didn't just kill 
her foster mother. She just attacked her, and like I said, now she's deaf and mute. And all. It's, it's, oh my god, this movie. But but the idiot co-writer, director, Dominique Othon and Gerard, or whatever his stupid hack director, terrible director name is, puts in this man in black who has dresses in all black, black fedora, black jacket, black pants, black shirt, and the and black black steel tip boots and he kicks Dawes. Ooh, evil man, evil man, oh my god. Puts this dude in the movie for no reason. And then like in a couple shots, in one or two shots actually, we see this shot of Michael's wrist and he also and he and, and it's like this this like sideways triangle with a line with like an extended line out throughout the base of the triangle. Like the lines extend. On the on the, on the outside base, it's just oh my god, it's so dumb. So, like with but funny enough, the Bond franchise, nineteen nineteen eighty nine was the last time for both Halloween and Bond were on were on the screen for six years. When they were off the screen for six years, eighty nine to ninety to, to nineteen ninety five. One franchise. The Bond franchise left because the fans were stupid back in the day and didn't appreciate greatness that Timothy Dalton was. The Halloween franchise was off the screen for six years because they didn't know where the hell to go because the idiot producers of of, of these movies screwed up with the ending of Halloween 5, made a terrible movie in Halloween, or, or the ending of Halloween 4, excuse me, made a terrible Halloween 5 that has pointless, plotless, piece of crap movie that makes, that is just a filler movie for Halloween 6. And then we get this movie, Halloween 6. And I might make this a two-parter. I'm not sure. Might happen. This podcast, I mean a two-parter. Because I want to talk about this movie. I want to talk about Halloween 6. The Man in Black is revealed. The Man in Black comes back and is revealed, I should say. (laughs) But this movie has some of the best atmosphere, one of the best portrayals of Michael, some of the best, like, stuff. In all the Halloween franchise. But then it also has some of the absolutely worst things. Almost terribly bad, awful, what the hell fan fiction you've ever seen. You've ever heard of. It is it, it, it is ridiculous. It's funny though. You're probably wondering, but Chase, which cut do you prefer? I watched both these movies like a week and a half, two weeks ago. And even now I stand firm with my opinion. I think I had the same opinion before I watched the movies back to back. I watched the theatrical cut, then I watched the producer's cut. For me, the first two-thirds of the producer's cut I liked more. There's more character moments. The cult of Thorn aspect, the mark that Michael has on his wrist, is more explained better 
is more explained better. That's correct grammar completely. It's better explained. So the first two-thirds of Halloween 6, uh, producer's cut, I like more. But the last act of Halloween 6, producer's cut, I, I, I no, no. I like, that's where I like the theatrical cut more. And I believe the theatrical cut was the reshot ending. They had, they had a new Myers. They had a new set. They had a new ending completely. And it, while it's not as clear as the um, producer's cut ending really what's going on with Michael, it just... How do, how do I say it? The, this movie is a mess. But I do like it. I can like this film. But again, it's still a fracking mess. It, 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 it's a mess, but I like it. So, with the movie, you have this this thing with Michael going on. He he's killing, but it doesn't seem like he's killing exactly on his own anymore. And like I said, with that mark from Halloween Five that the idiot director from Halloween Five put it, put in there, You're like, okay, something's going on with Michael, don't know what, and then you realize that he's possessed by this curse, this cult, and they're the ones controlling him, and you're like, no! 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 No. 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 Frack, no. Michael Myers is not. No. He's not controlled by anybody but his own will to kill. It's in both cuts of this movie. It literally, and excuse the language, it literally feels like fan fiction bullshit. Seriously. There's no other way to put it than terrible fan fiction BS. Seriously. It is. Oh my god. <laughs> but then again, you have Michael in this movie. You can kind of tell he's not exactly himself, but the portrayal of my uh, of Myers is pretty good. And the mask, the mask is back to being greatness. The mask, the mask in Halloween, Halloween Four is terrible, but we'll get to that when we get to that movie. The mask in Halloween Five, also maybe even worse than Halloween Four. It looks atrocious. It doesn't even look like a Myers mask. It's it's. The special effects guy, Greg Nicotero, who people will know for doing the special effects and, and directing a lot of the episodes now of The Walking Dead. 
it's basically his face infused with the Mar with the Mars mask, but it looks terrible because Greg Nicotero's face does not look anything like like Michael Myers' face. So yeah, so you get this mask in Halloween Six, and it's so much better. It's so much better than anything, anything in Halloween three or not three, three like not my four and five. The portrayal also by George P. Wilbur in the majority of the that theatrical cut, the new guy from the reshot ending of the theatrical cut. But yes, I believe he's in all of the producers' cut. He is very good once again as Michael. He played Michael in Halloween Four, and again we'll get to him in Halloween Four. He's fine in that movie. It's not exactly his fault because of shoulder pads and terrible mask and all that. So it's not exactly his fault in Hall in Halloween Four. But in this movie, it's Michael Myers again, and it's greatness, fantastic. And then we have these characters, the Strodes, who are Laurie Strode's family. They now live in the Myers house because reasons. They, they don't give an explanation. It's just Laurie Strode's family, like her cousins, or her adopted cousins, I should say, she was adopted by the Strodes in this timeline. And for some reason... These people live in the Myers house and don't even know it. It's hard. No other way to say it, but that's, that's it's hard. And then we have the character of Jamie Lloyd, the, the, the daughter that was played by Daniel Harris in Halloween 4 and 5, now played by a different actress because she's older. Beginning of this movie... She's in this cult place, and she's having a baby, she's pregnant, she's about to give birth. She gets, and after she gives birth, she gets snuck out by a nurse, nurse helps her out, gets her out, she escapes this cult. Michael goes after her. Now in the, I think it's the producer's cut, right, yeah, in the producer's cut, we don't actually see Michael go after Jamie, start, start, start the chase, if you will, in the theatrical cut, we don't see it, which I prefer, but it's, yeah. So, at, long story short, after stopping a few places and talking on the radio, Jamie finds this barn. In the theatrical cut, she's killed immediately on this corn thresher and grinded up. Michael, Michael, Michael kills her basically 10 minutes or so into the movie. In the producer's cut, 
she's just knocked out by Michael, put in the hospital, and she dies by getting a gunshot wound to the head by the man in black. Again, I prefer the theatrical cut here with how Jamie Lloyd dies, even though both ways she dies are very disrespectful and awful and terrible and just bad, 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 bad ways to treat characters without this franchise continues continues to do. Franchise. So then we get Loomis. Dr. Loomis played for the final time by Donald Pleasance. He actually sadly died during the production or post-production of this movie. And you can tell that he just wanted to come back one last time and portray this character. And honestly, that's what he does. He's very good in this movie. He's not in it a whole lot. He doesn't do a whole lot. He's just there to make sure the people that Michael is after are safe. By the end of the movie. Now there's one cut of the at the end of the movie where Loomis walks in, walks back into the hospital where the finale happens. And he sees Michael laying on, laying on the floor, takes off the mask. Oh, and I guess, spoiler alert, I didn't say this already. The man in black is Dr. Wynn from the original Halloween. He's like the friend of um, Loomis in that film. It's not the same actor, but the same character. He sees Wynn in the Michael outfit. In the theatrical cut? No, 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 it's the producer's cut. Sorry. Loomis lifts up his, or, or puts his, puts his shirt cuff down, his jacket cuff down, sees the marker thorn on him, starts yelling. In the theatrical cut, he just walks in and starts yelling. You don't, you don't hear him actually yelling. You don't know why he's, he's, Yelling. I think I prefer the theatrical the theatrical here, this sequence. But like, but for me, the producer's cut has these different character moments in them. Like, there's one sequence of the Strode daughter who's not Lori. She moves back in with her parents after she had a baby. Or, or I should say she left when she was pregnant. Come back, what, four or five years later with her son and all that. And the dad, the the, the, the John Strode, the dad is just this asshole human being. He's just, just a dick of a human being. Karen and him getting this little fight in an early scene in the film. 
Her son, Danny, is kind of hearing voices, which, by the way, in a theatrical cut, you don't hear the voices. In the, produce, in, in, the, in the producer's cut, you do. I prefer the, 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 the theatrical cut there. I don't like hearing the voices. And the voice is very stupid. The man in black voice is stupid in that cut. Hey, Danny, kill your grandfather. It's like, shut up. It's so stupid. It's dumb. So we get... So Danny takes a knife and puts it toward his grandfather. Kara puts the knife, gets grabbed the knife, puts it down. And then... Outside in the, in the in a theatrical cut, she just bends down and says, "Are you okay, kid?" The kid goes, "Yeah." Pretty, that's pretty much it. She leaves. The kid goes somewhere. In the producer's cut, she's like, "Are you okay? You know, Grandpa didn't mean it to hit me. All this stuff. I love you, Danny. Let's get you to, let's get, get you, let's get you to your bus." Because for a long time in the in the, 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 the in the theatrical cut, I'm like, where the hell is the kid? Where's Danny? Uh, did, did he get on his bus? Like, where'd he go? You don't know. In the producer, in, in the producer's cut, you you get that character moment of her saying, "Okay, Danny, let's get you on your bus." You know, Grandpa didn't mean to hit me. All this stuff, yada yada yada. It's funny though, because the producer's cut, by the way, a lot less gory. It's funny. The theatrical cut is a much gorier film. It's very strange. I forgot to mention that in the beginning. It's very strange. John Strode, how he dies, is two very different deaths. Same type of death, but they're very different effects-wise, I'll say. He he's, he's home. His wife, Deborah was killed by Myers earlier in the film. And his family's out. Or the, the, I should say, the rest, of, the rest of his family's out. Goes downstairs because the lights aren't working. In both cuts, Michael picks him up, puts him up against the generator, and basically shocks him to death and kills him. In the producer's cut, you don't really see much. You see him foaming at the mouth, kind of, but he's just kind of like, ah! And then he dies. In the theatrical cut, you see saliva coming out of him. You see him burning. You see him just shaking like crazy. And, like, he's dying. And then his head explodes. You don't get that in the producer's cut at all. So I'm, I'm now let's actually talk about the two endings of this film. And let's start with the producer's cut. You actually find out that Michael is is part of this cult where he's controlled by Dr. Wayne and all of his people. And in the producer's cut, you actually see this ceremony with Kara, the main strode girl, like a main female lead. Oh, yeah, and, and oh, yeah, forgot to mention him completely. Tommy Doyle, 
who's the kid from the from the original Halloween that Laurie was babysitting way back in the day. So, oh yeah, and he's played by a young Paul Rudd, and this was one of the first, and I know that and Clueless came out, and both came out in 19, 1995, but Clueless came out first, but I think he shot Halloween 5, or Halloween 6 first. So yeah, so then we have this actual cult sequence where it's a generic sequence where cars tied to these rocks and all that, and What's his face? Tommy comes in, puts the net to win. Tells wins people to untie car up. They take um they take Danny away, and then they escape this place. Basically, Michael goes after them, but Tommy cuts his hand, smears blood on the ground. And puts these rocks in this certain order, and Michael just stops and stands there for no reason. It's like, no, that's stupid. The theatrical cut is actually like in the pit of this hospital, where they at where Michael slaughters this entire room full of doctors who are going to operate on him or whatever, and it's like the coolest. Stuff Michael's ever done. It's amazing. Like, there's one shot. I absolutely love it. This nurse of this doctor is getting this tray full of tools. And you see it from the outside of the room. So, you, so you, through the window. <laughs> the camera pans in. You see... This nurse walking there, you see her face is kind of fuzzy because those hospital windows sometimes can be fuzzy. And in the background, you just see Michael in the background just take this chick and just slice her in those blood. And you're like, yay! Death in a Halloween movie! Whee! Fantastic. It's greatness. That scene is so good. I love that scene. It's so, 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 so good. Fantastic scene. Fantastic scene. I love it. Halloween killing. Yay! (laughs) I'm going crazy. People help me. Whee! (laughs) So... Tommy and Kara... Escape this place, or well, try to, but after Michael slaughters this in that room, that that entire room of doctors, he chases after them, and and um, Tom, Tommy beats him with a pipe, basically until he starts bleeding this green ooze, which why he didn't have blood, but whatever. And that's the ending of Halloween Six. Theatrical cut. So, and Kara and Tommy, the baby, and Danny, Kara's son, um, go off into, into the sunset and all that. They drive away from Haddonfield and all that. But yeah, it's. Neither cut of this movie. I'm not going to do a two part because I want to end it here. 
neither cut and this and this has been a very disjointed review or discussion yeah that's what you get this with this movie anyway neither cut of this film the theatrical or the producer's cut feels like it's the right cut feels like it's a complete movie like it fully makes sense oh and one thing i forgot to talk about two things actually now, number one the titles and the credits in the beginning of and in in the in the movies basically in one cut that's the actual cut you have these long but basically um blandish looking uh font that we get and then the producer's cut when it says and when it, when it says the letter a and the font is is a little shorter but every time we get the letter a we get that mark thorn for the letter A, because it kind of looks like an a, like an A, if you know what I mean. So we have two different fonts, and also the music. In the theatrical cut, it's more guitar riffing, more heavy metal sounding, not as much use of the Halloween score. The producer's cut has more of the classic Halloween score. I like that more. Because it makes it feel more like Halloween. And also, the theatrical cut has these weird ass, like, this weird imagery with the transitions in the film. Like, they'll transition a couple times from scene to scene. And then they'll have that weird transition where it's like, ha-va, ha-va, with this weird, like, black screen. It's really strange. It makes no sense. It, it, it's really distracting. But, again, like I just said, neither cut of this film is a complete film. Neither cut of this film feels great. Neither cut feels Like it should like this should not have been Halloween six. It's because the producers of Halloween four and five were so stupid to make a movie. To make to, to make the choices that they did in, in Halloween four and five, they screwed this movie. That's all it is. That's all it is. I was going to give these two cuts two different ratings. Pretty close together, but two different ratings. But for both cuts, I'm going to give both cuts a C plus, And I can't do a B minus because there's just too much in both cuts. That's frustrating. So I'm going to give both cuts a C plus. And like I said, I think I prefer most of the producer's cut over the theatrical over the theatrical cut 
but I do like the ending of the theatrical much more. So that is my discussion of Halloween 6 and all of its problems and why it has problems and why the two movies before it created those problems, specifically Halloween 5, but also the ending of Halloween 4. So that's it, everybody. My 36 and a half minute talk on Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, both the theatrical and the producer's cut. Yay! We did it! Halloween reviews are done for this year. And I'm very sad, actually, that they're done because Halloween's the best. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.